Praise God. Well, let's look at uh, Mark 4.1. We've been in a series called Good Ground, and we're, um, I think we're getting close to being done, or just unhooking, you know. You can't exhaust a subject. You realize we could, we could teach on one verse. If you had enough light and revelation, you could teach on one verse till we go to be with Jesus. You won't exhaust it. Now, if you knew had enough light, I said. I mean, most of us, we would exhaust our light on how much we could preach, and everybody would be like, okay, move on. But I'm saying if it were Jesus preaching, he could do it. If it's God Almighty, he could do it. Because you're never going to exhaust it. It's going to be for all eternity. We're going to be, and you know that yourself. You know, there's verses that, that, that some of you have known and seen, and you see different facets of it, different parts just over years. Is that not true? Raise your hand if that's true. You read it many, many times, but then you read it again. I know I was just reading something this morning. I was like, almost like, have I read that? I mean, I know it's there. I've seen it. I recognize it, but it's like I saw it in a different way. Uh, that's the way it will be for eternity. So you can't, you can't exhaust the subject, but you can um, unhook from it, cover it for a while, and then you move on. And we do that as the Spirit leads and what we need, and then we get, get exactly what we need. Let's, let's read Mark 4, verse 1. So if you haven't heard, you know, some of the early parts in this uh, series, you know, go back and listen to them. Even if you did hear them, you can listen to them, watch them, get them in your heart. Verse 1 says, And again he began to teach by the sea, Jesus, and a great multitude was gathered to him, so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea. And the whole multitude was on the land facing the sea. Then he taught them many things by parables and said to them in his teaching, Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. And it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds of the air came and devoured it. Some fell on stony ground where it did not have much earth, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. But other seed fell on good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up, increased, and produced some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundred. And he said to them, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. If you skip down to verse 14, Jesus is giving the explanation of his parable. He said, The sower sows the word. And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground, who when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness, and they have no root in themselves, and so endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble." Now, these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things entering in choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. But these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word accept it and bear fruit, some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some hundred. So the last verse, talking about those who produce. How many of you want to be a person that produces fruit? Spiritual fruit we're talking about. 
We want to produce fruit for God. If you're a Christian and a disciple of Christ, your heart is that you want to produce fruit. You want to be a conduit that he works through. Is that not true? You want to see things happen. You, you want people to be helped. You want to grow up so you can help more people. You want to see your loved ones change, right? You want to see people blessed. That's what our desire is. So it says, verse 20, these are the ones who sown on good ground, those who hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit, some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. Let's look at that. Uh, we're going to look at Matthew 13, 8 in the Passion Translation. So, you know, the same, um, a different account of the same happening, but that same verse there, the one that's parallel to that same verse, Matthew 13, 8 says, But other seeds fell on good, rich soil. They fell on good, rich soil, and that kept producing a good harvest. Some yielded 30, some 60, and some even 100 times as much as he planted. Don't you want to be the person that God, you have some words sown into you, but then it just is multiplied in what is produced. The harvest is so much greater. You know God can do a little, or can do a lot with a little. Aren't we glad about that? Aren't we glad that he can multiply what we give him? Thank God that he can change what looked like nothing. If we bring it into his hands, he can multiply it and he can make a lot happen. In the NLT version, Matthew 13, 8 in the NLT, it still says, still other seeds fell on fertile soil. Now, what are we talking about? We're talking about the, the soil of the person and really the soil of the heart. We'll see that. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil. This is what we want to be. If we're going to bear fruit, if we're going to bear a harvest, if we're going to uh, reap a big harvest, we want to be fertile soil. And they produced a crop that was 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as had been planted. So it said there, uh, good soil, good rich soil, fertile soil, talking about the type of heart, the type of ground where the word's planted and that's what's going to produce. Let's look at Luke 8.15 in the NIV. Now, uh, that's the part at the beginning of the parable in Matthew, and then we're going to read another version of where Jesus is explaining the parable, this, this particular part of it, in Luke 8.15. It said, but the can you go to the New King James, please? But the ones that fell on the good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. So talking about, you know, the seed that, that uh, multiplied, that bore crop, that represents... It says, those who having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. They hear the word with a noble and good heart. In the NIV, same verse, NIV, it says, but the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. 
those, the, the ones that produce, they, re, they are, re, are representing those that, or the, the, good, the seed on good soil is representing those who, with a noble and good heart, they hear the word, they retain it, and by persevering, produce a good crop. So it's a talking about the heart, our heart. Our heart is our spirit, our, 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 the core of our being. That word comes in, the condition of our heart determines what we're going to produce, and we're describing here the kind of heart that's going to produce a big harvest. Now let's go back to, we're going to, the next verse, Mark 4.20, which is what we read earlier, but Mark 4.20 I want you to see how it says it here. It says, But these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit, some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundred. So the ones sown on good ground, the ones that are bearing fruit, that have a harvest, are those who hear the word, they accept it. How do we know? What, what are we accepting it with? It's our heart. We're, we're accepting it with our heart. And then we bear fruit. So you hear, you accept it, and you bear fruit. In the CEB, Mark 4.20 in the CEB, says the seeds scattered on good soil are those who hear the word and embrace it. They hear the word and they embrace it. What, what does embrace mean? It means to hug. Shelly, you want to come up here for a moment? Be by example. So if I see Shelly and I embrace her, I'm hugging her, I'm, I'm saying, don't go away, right? I'm not going, mm. Mm. you know? So if the word comes and I'm like, well, that's, that shows the condition of my heart, right? Now if the word comes and I'm like, Oh, <laughs> that's embracing. That is accepting. That's what it's saying. You know, you're holding on to the word. Thank you, sweetheart. That's what we're talking about a heart condition. That's a, a picture of when we hear the word, what is our heart doing with the word? It's accepting it. You know, if you embrace somebody, well, usually you've accepted them. Or <laughs> you're like, no, but that's not the case. That's not the embrace we're talking about. We're talking about wholehearted embracing, accepting the word. And then if that's how our heart uh, is, is reacting to the word, then we're going to have a crop. Now what I want, want us to see this evening is accepting it, embracing the word, accepting the word, that equals believing the word. I'm going to say it again. Accepting it, now we're talking about a heart condition. We're talking about how the heart reacts to the word. You hear the word and you accept it. You hear the word and you embrace it. It said that, it, it, earlier it said um, that, with, that you retain it. That with persevering you bear fruit. Well, that is believing. So how would you bear fruit... If you accept the word, if you retain the word, if you embrace the word, you believe the word. 
If you accept somebody's testimony, what does that mean? You believe it. Think about it. If somebody tells you something and you accept it, that means you believe what they're saying. Right? Based on, you know, maybe who they are, whatever, who they are, what they said, but you accept it as true. If you act on what somebody said, you accepted it. If, if somebody said something, came up, you know, off the street and just told you some, some kind of, uh, you know, story or, or said such and such and they leave and you look at whoever's with you and go, ooh, who was that? Whatever, and you just walk on down the street and didn't, didn't pay any attention. You don't believe anything they said. You don't accept it. You're not going to retain it. You're like, thank you that you're gone. That's why we need to be careful how we deal with people. People, you know, don't treat people like they're objects when you're dealing with the word. Don't, don't try to shove it in somebody's face. If they don't know you or don't have a reason to, to trust you or accept something from, from you, sometimes we can just push them further away. You know, it's just like how we do want to be treated. If you're walking down the street and somebody just comes up to you and starts talking to you, what is your immediate reaction usually if you don't know them? What are you selling? What do you want? You're getting in a defensive posture, you know. Well, that's the way people are, especially now. So, you know, think about it when you're talking to somebody. How, how would you react to you <laughs> if you don't know you and what you're going to say? Because the, the, the object is you want them to receive what, you know, this is the greatest truth ever, that, that Jesus died for them, that, that, that he wants, uh, through his death, burial, and resurrection, they can be right with God, well, you want them to accept that. And so, so much of it has to do with how they hear. But, but accepting the word and embracing it with your heart, well, that's believing. That's how you're going to bear fruit. You're going to believe something. If you don't believe it, you're not going to accept, you're not going to retain the word. And you're not going to bear any fruit. I'm not going to bear any fruit. A person's not going to bear any fruit. Believing the word and standing fast is what's going to produce fruit. Going to be, we're going to accept the word. We're going to believe it. We're going to retain it. We're going to stand on it. We're going to say, I, I believe this. And you're going to bear fruit, have a harvest. Let's look at Romans 10, verse 8. It says, but what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. Talking about the word, right? In your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess, you ever notice that? Somebody, some people get on the word of faith. <laughs> the word of faith is right there. It's in the Bible. Did you go to, did you go to the next thing? Go to the one before. What does it say? The word is near you, your mouth, and in your heart. That is the word of faith. That's not what somebody made up. That's in the word. That's in the Bible. What does it mean? It's what we're going to say here. You know, people get all wacky ideas, but you know, just, just go with the word and you'll be okay. Not what somebody said about what the word says. What the word says. I don't care what label you put on it then. Just believe the word. Thank God for teachers and people that are used of God, teachers, you know, 
uh, different ministry gifts, pastors that, that, are, that preach and teach the word, but those are the conduits where, whereby the word comes to us, but don't, we ought to get to the place where it's the word. It doesn't matter who said it. We could say, hey, so-and-so help me to see something, so-and-so, you know, use people's illustrations, but don't use, don't quote somebody as, without something to back it up. Because it's just so-and-so said it, it really doesn't make any difference unless the word said it. But if the word said it, then, just say, then we can say the word said it. Thank God for the people that help us to see that, but the ultimate thing is, uh, the ultimate goal is we need to know the word and know what the word says. Let's read this from the beginning. Go back to, yeah, verse 8. But what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Verse 9, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Verse 10, for with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So go back to verse 9, please. It says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart. Believe where? Believe where? In your heart. we got to believe in our heart. That's where we believe the Word. So the Word comes. Right now the Word's coming. The Word is the Word of God. It's not Jim's Word. It's the Word of God. We, we, that's why we have Scripture on here. It's not my opinion. It's, it's the Word. That's why we, we, we reverence the Word, look at the Word. That's why those Scripture sheets are on the website. You know, if you go on our website and look at the downloads right under the, the uh, whatever message it is, you can download all these and look at them and go over them and see for yourself. So that might help you. You know, write notes as you want to about stuff. That's a good thing to write things down. But, you know, you don't have to furiously try to transcribe every, you know, the, the verses because they're there. Just know they're there. Make a note. And, and write down what, um, you know, it helps to, to just write down what really quick, is quickened to you. You'll remember that. You don't have to write down everything. Verse 9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart. See, the word comes and then we have, we, we have a reaction to it. We can choose to believe. And if we believe, then we're accepting it. We're, we're acting, then if you accept it truly, you'll act like it's true. It says, believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made into salvation. It says, for with the heart one believes. See, it's with the heart you believe. It's with the heart that you accept. Now, you can set, accept something mentally, but that's not what we're talking about. You, you're talking about believing with the heart. Jesus was talking about our heart. How we're going to bear fruit is what you accept in your heart. See, that's how you get born again. That's how you, you become right with God. That's what this is talking about. It's with the heart you believe unto righteousness. Right? Righteousness means being right with God. Confession is made unto salvation. How do you get right with God? Jesus has already paid the price, but you say in your heart, you go, I believe that. My heart accepts that, and then you say, Jesus is Lord, and He is my Lord. That's how you get born again. But the Bible, that's, see, that's not a religious term either. That's in the Bible, you know. In John, Jesus said, you must be born again. What does that mean? Your spirit is recreated, made new. But it's with the heart one believes. 
So see, how we react to the word with a heart makes all the difference in what kind of harvest we're going to get. And if we accept the word, if we retain the word, then we're going to act like the word's true. And if you act like the word's true, you won't faint over time. You won't stop over time. You'll just keep going until crop, the crop comes up because you believe something. Back in verse 8, it says, Believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. Believe it in your heart. Your head can give you a challenge on certain things. Your head can say, how is that possible? You know, your head can go, well, how could Mary be with child you know, when she never knew a man, and how could the Holy Spirit come upon her and then Jesus, you know, be growing in her womb? How, I can't explain that to you. I can't explain that to you, but I know the Word says it, and I believe the Word, and the Word then, will, if we'll act on what the Word of God says, we can have the fruit even though our head doesn't understand it. And we, we do this every single day. How many of you have a mobile phone? How many of you have a mobile phone? Every single one of you has a mobile phone. I know it. Even James has a mobile phone. At least you, you have a phone, right? Yeah, you're texting them all the time. You have a phone or you have like a, an iPod. It's a phone. He has a phone. Everybody has it. It doesn't matter because my illustration will work either way. How many of you use your phone today? Let me ask you a question. Do you understand everything about it? No. I guarantee you, none of you. I, people do not understand. The people that work on the phone don't understand everything about it. Because they have how many teams working on all different parts, and one team's working on parts of the hardware, one person teams are working on parts of the software. And there's all these teams, and there's people that understand it at a high level, you know, the architects, but there's then, they don't understand all the details. Of code. There's nobody that understands everything about it. Yet they use it, and you use it, and that's fine. And you know what? We can operate that way spiritually and believe things with our heart that God said, even though our head's going, what? Your, your head can tell you, you're, there's no harvest. What do you talk about? You say, well, I'm going to believe the word, and then you get a harvest. We can't really explain how a seed, a natural seed, comes up. You can, you can draw pictures of it. You can read books about it. But how does that happen? Why? When you put it in the soil and add water and you, then it pops up and you get sun. Why? Because it's the life of God that he created it that way. can't explain why. I mean, life itself. But we, we don't have to understand everything with our head. We can take it as true with our heart, and we can get a crop anyway. Don't let your head talk you out of a crop coming up. Don't let your head talk you out of, of reaping a harvest. Just believe God and stick with it until the harvest comes up. You know, if you were to plant a garden and just be like, man, I, do, I, just, I don't know how those seeds come up. And if you just said, I, I don't understand it, so I'm not going to water it anymore, I'm going to go dig them up because I just don't understand it. Well, you would not get a garden. Unless you forgot a seed somewhere, you know, maybe something pops up, but you're not going to get much. 
If you waited until you had it all figured out. Or you could just plant seed, water, you know, weed, take care of it, get a crop, and then have it on your table and enjoy a BLT with tomatoes on it. I know, you know, not everybody likes tomatoes, but I think, and lettuce, you know. Bacon does not grow in a garden. You could, have all, you could have that and on your table, and you don't have a clue how it actually happens. You just know what to do with it to get it to grow, and hey, good enough for me. We have lunch. Well, that's the same way it is with the Word of God. Jesus said, if, if you accept it with, a, with, if there's fertile soil, good soil, believing heart, you retain it, you can bear a crop. Doesn't matter if you're the smartest person, doesn't matter if you're the most connected person, doesn't matter if you're the most you know, skilled person in the area. Uh, if you believe God, he can get you a crop anyway. Thank God for that. Let's look at Mark eleven twenty two. 22. It says, So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God, for assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Jesus is, talking, Jesus is talking about speaking to the fig tree. He said, verse 23, For assured that I say to you, whoever says to the mountain, be removed and be cast in the sea, and does not doubt, where? In his heart. But believes, where, where do you believe? In your heart. And when we read the other verses, you believe in your heart. Well, don't doubt in your heart. It doesn't say anything about your head. It says, don't doubt in your heart. Just believe in your heart, accept it as true in your heart, and keep going forward, believing that way, and then you can receive. It's, it's your heart condition. It's our heart. That's the way that we are going to receive, and that's the way we're going to bear fruit, is believing God. Our heart is accepting what God said. That's called faith. And we stay in faith, which is always means we're just believing, we're accepting, we accept it, we accept the word regardless of what we see, regardless of what we feel, regardless of what our head tells us, we accept it in our heart. Did you notice those other, other conditions that we read you know, over time in the, the parable of the sower? There, a lot of things are distractions based on what's going on out here. You know, the cares of the world. The deceitfulness of riches, riches, the desire for other things, you know, persecution or tribulation coming for the word. That's all external things that, that get off, get people off of the word. But the condition of the heart, if it accepts the word, then it accepts it no matter what's going on. It accepts it as the higher authority than what our senses tell us, than what our feelings tell us, anybody else tells us. And so that, that condition is what's going to bring us through to bearing fruit. Amen. That condition is what is the solidifying factor that's going to keep us going. We read different verses saying persevering, with patience bear fruit. Well, that means you're going to, when you say with patience, that doesn't mean it just happens overnight. In fact, there, you know, the other... Uh, you know, the other scenario, uh, the, the crop looked like it was coming up really quick, but it didn't have any root, and as soon as tribulation was there, didn't go anywhere. Well, there was short time there, 
but it didn't go anywhere. Sometimes you got, there's patience involved. If you're going to get what God wants you to have, he's telling it. Jesus is saying if you want to bear fruit, which is getting what the word promises, what has already been provided, then our heart needs to be a certain way and it needs to accept the word and then it needs to stay. Belief over time. We're going to believe something that God said and accept his testimony as true. God cannot lie. Cannot. The Bible says he cannot lie. Titus 1, verse 1. Let's read the beginning of this letter. Titus 1.1, it says, Paul, a bondservant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledgement of the truth which accords with godliness in hope of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie, promised before time began. Just an attribute of God said, which God, comma, who cannot lie, comma, promised before time began. God, God cannot lie, therefore, if he says something, it's true. That means if the word comes to us and we accept it with our heart, then we are basing it on who God is, the fact he cannot lie, then that means anything that would contradict it is wrong. It's wrong. Because God's right. If God's right, anybody that says what he says is wrong, they're wrong. If he said it, it's true. Now, whether we see it come to pass in our lives or not depends on whether or not we believe what he said. I'm going to say that again. Whether or not what God said is going to come to pass in our lives depends on whether or not we believe it. Whether or not we accept it. You could say it like this. Whether or not we bear fruit in our lives depends on whether or not we believe what he said. We believe the word. Bearing fruit means we get what God wants us to have and what he promised in his word. For that crop to come up is dependent on us believing what he said, accepting the word, having fertile soil. Uh, Our heart is like fertile soil, good soil, that we have a good uh, and noble, another translation says, honest heart. In other words, you take God at his word and say, if you said it, I believe it, and you hold on to it, and then you hold on to it till you bear fruit. And if you believe it, you're going to act like it's true. If you you really accept it, then you're going to act like it's true. But accepting it is a choice. It's not a feeling. See, the word comes, Jesus said, the word is sown. Our heart, it goes into our heart. Now, faith, the Bible says in Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. When that word comes, though, faith is there when you hear it. Whether we act on that faith and choose to believe at that point is up to us. This happens anytime somebody hears uh, the gospel, that, that the Lord Jesus Christ uh, died for our sins, that he bought and paid 
our, for our salvation in that He has already reconciled the whole world to God through His sacrifice. When somebody hears that and that, that, by, that to accept that, you call on the name of Jesus, you confess that He is Lord, He's my Lord, and that I believe that. When somebody hears that, faith is there, it rises up, and there's something on the inside that says that's true. Now they have a choice. Do they act on it? Every person on the planet, when they hear something, when they hear the gospel, the Bible says faith is there. Now you know you can, you can put it down. Your heart, you, you, people reject God every day. See, the, the faith is there. Now you have a choice whether to believe. If you cooperate with God's word, you'll go forward into what he wants you to have. If you reject God's word, then you won't go forward. You won't bear fruit. You see that? It's a choice. Deuteronomy 30, verse 19. Let's look at, at that verse. This is Moses speaking. He said, I call heaven. He's talking to the, the Israelites before he, he's leaving them. I mean, he's going to be uh, passing away here, and Joshua's going to take over. But he says, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death. A blessing and cursing Therefore, choose life. He has given them the word. He's given them the statutes of God. And that's the same thing. That's, yeah, that's Old Testament, which is the example for us in the New Testament. As we have the word, we have the same choice. We have been given life and death. Let's read it again. Verse 19, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you. You realize heaven and earth are witnesses to everything we do. And we have a choice then. It says that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing, therefore choose life. In other words, believe, act on the good, act on what's right, and you'll have life. You'll have blessing. But if you reject it, you won't. Well, you could say it like this. The word comes forth, believe it, act on it, and you'll bear fruit. You, will, you have a choice, though. I can say, see, people say, I just can't believe. That's not true. We choose not to believe. You can believe anything you want. You should know that's true. People believe all kinds of weird stuff. They choose to believe it. They might choose to believe it in the face of obvious facts otherwise. They just they choose to believe something. Now, we're not talking about believing God's Word. I mean, people believe, you know... I'm not going to even name it. You know there's just crazy stuff. And they choose to do that. Well, with God, people say, I just can't believe it. No, we choose not to believe it because we know what the Word of God says. When the Word comes forth, faith is there. And now, yes, you're going to have thoughts in your head. You're going to have challenges from the enemy trying to get you to drop the Word. And so we have a choice. Are we going to listen to that or are we going to listen to the Word? Are we going to choose to believe anyway? It's a choice. You choose God's way. You choose blessing. You choose what He said. And then you keep making that choice. And then you make the choice again. And you just you, you keep it in your heart and you retain it and you look back at the Word. Then say one time, you go on the next day and the next day and you choose that you're going to believe what the Word said and you're going to keep looking at the Word and you're going to keep steadfast and you're going to retain the Word and you're going to persevere and your heart is going to stay fertile and believing God day after day, 
pressing into what He has for you so that you can bear fruit because you kept choosing Him and you kept choosing to believe. You choose to believe anyway. You know what I mean by that. Anyway, because of this or that or this situation or what somebody said, doesn't matter. It's what did God say. And then we choose to believe. Faith is a choice. It is a choice to believe what God said. And it is based on His character. What you believe with, normal, with people, just humans, normally, it, what you choose to believe and not to believe, and it is, is it, it's a choice, just naturally, is based on a lot of time, a lot of what it's based on is who is saying it. Because there are things that you might find hard to grasp, but if you knew the person, I mean, have you ever had this experience? Somebody tells you something, you're like, what, are you, are you kidding? Are, are you, you know, you know them very well and they say something, what, are you joking, are you pulling my leg? No, I'm not. And what, what you may, if somebody just told you that on the street, you're, look, you're like, well, where's the camera? You know, what, what are you, you're trying to, you're trying to make a fool out of me. I, you want me to believe that and bite? But if somebody told you, and you're like, no, no, it's, that's what's true, and you know, who they, you know them, you know their character, and they tell you something, and they say it's true, and you know they're earnest, they're not, they're not messing with you, at that point, you, you may say, oh, all right, uh, well, wow, really? And you go into, that's true mode. And if you believe them, you may tell somebody else, well, that's based on that, well, that's based on their character and who told you. Well, God's character is perfect. And when he says something, he cannot lie. Everything he says comes to pass. And how much of it comes to pass in our life then is going to be on do, uh, uh, it's going to hinge on if I choose to believe that he's faithful and what he said is right, and then I'm going to act on it. Look at Hebrews 3, verse 12. No, we're not going to go there. He Hebrews 11, 11, sorry. It says, by faith, by faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Go back to the beginning of that. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed. Just notice the way it says that. By faith, she received strength. You know you can receive strength to do whatever God has called you to do by believing what he said. That's... Faith is believing. Believing is to have faith. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive. See, you know, you know the story. Sarah was way past childbearing age, uh, couldn't have a child when she was young, and now God, God told uh, Abraham, Abram then, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. Your, your, your wife Sarah is going to bear a child. And it says Sarah, she believed too. And she was strengthened 
to conceive because she believed. Because she had faith, it enabled her to do what God said she could do. It said, by faith, herself, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age, look at this, because she judged him faithful who had promised. Isn't that sound like she accepted what he said? Does that sound like she embraced what he said? She didn't go, I mean, it might have taken her a little bit, but here she believed, she came to the place where she embraced what God said. And when she embraced what God said, she received strength for it to happen. Which that is bearing fruit. She actually bore a son when it was impossible for it to happen naturally because God said it and she believed it, she accepted it, she embraced it, she retained it, and she had it. Because she judged him faithful who had promised. She judged him faithful, that means he would do what he said he would do. When the word comes, we judge him faithful and the word faithful and the word correct in order to receive what he said we would receive. Amen. Praise God. Let's read one more. Romans 4, verse 19, that's about Sarah. And then talking about Abram, Abraham. It said, and not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body. Notice that. He didn't consider his own body, already dead since he was about 100 years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb, so he, that's the situation, but he didn't look at that. Look at verse 20. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief. He didn't go up and down at what God said but was strengthened in faith. See that again? He was strengthened because he believed what God said and counted him faithful. So he was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. He was fully convinced. He embraced it. He accepted the word. He accepted what God said. He embraced it. He retained it. And that what he, God had promised, that he was also able to do it, and it happened. And that is bearing fruit. That's having a harvest. That's how we get what God has said we could have. Some 30 some 60, some 100-fold, but bearing fruit and having it come to fruition in our lives. Everybody say, in my life. Bearing fruit in my life. Having a harvest in my life. Because God's faithful. Because He's good. And He is faithful to do what He said. Amen?